Ch-ch-ch-changes. It's that time of year, the clocks are going back, and the only falling we wish we could do was back into bed. I'm Kat Cuby, author, presenter and clock change ignorer, and this is Sarah Carpenter, baby, toddler and child sleep expert and clock change planner. Correct, if I'm planning it for other people, however... I'm with you and they've known in part when it comes to me and my children. Do what I say, not what I do. Yeah, there's an element of that. <laughs> Together, we are the Sleep Moms. This week, we have a special podcast to try and take the stress out of the clock change, because honestly, there can be a lot for people. In the weeks before, parents all over get in touch with Sarah, worrying about what they should or shouldn't be doing trying to work out the mental leaps of hours and days, counting on their fingers, fretting that if it's 6am, then that's 5am, that means 5am is 4am, and then, well, basically, we'll just all be really knackered. (laughs) If you have been finding yourself doing the same, counting on your fingers and toes, trying to suss out timings of bedtimes, naps, feeds, know that you are not alone. In this podcast, we'll share what you really need to think about, give you some practical tips and hopefully clock out any confusion about the change. For the organised or those with time sensitive children, making small changes before the clock change might be a good idea. It doesn't need to be a big deal, just five or ten minutes in the days before. But I think parents can also find that quite stressful because when you're in a routine you already do things at certain times so actually you're still trying to do those mental leaps of taking things back but I think it's important to talk about it because sometimes kids do get really overtired or struggle so Sarah talk us through the reasons for doing it this way and for not doing it this way. So I think first of all it's just really important to reiterate what you said that the clock change doesn't need to be as scary as it feels and you know everybody does spend weeks beforehand googling it and panicking about it and actually it's not the night time that people really worry about it is the early morning so try not to panic yes you can have a plan but make sure that you don't put too much pressure on yourself with that plan you might find in the days beforehand that you're not in a position to implement any changes and actually your existing routine is working fine and you just want to go with the flow. If you are going to make changes, make them very subtle. Like you've just said, you know, we're talking about five, ten minutes, a few nights beforehand, if you choose to do so. That way you're not battling with an overtired or undertired child. And that is the risk with either clock change, that if you make too many changes and too big changes, then you're going to knock everything out. So small is good in this situation and so what would you do if you were doing this essentially these five or ten minutes you take four days beforehand yeah I would say you don't want to go any more than four days before because you really don't want to be spending an entire week or more panicking about it Um, I'm trying not to think of it in massively negative ways you know if you were going on holiday and it was an hour's time difference you wouldn't panic about it you'd be looking forward to your holiday but I might (laughs) you might (laughs) but you know you're still going to have something to be excited about so the clock change is no different try not to focus on it as a negative clock change and just think of it as the next season so five or ten minutes and when it's uh, fall back, you would go later because you mm-hmm. that's what's happening. I mean, th- th- this is what confuses people and it that's is. why it gets stressful. Yeah. And then the spring one, you 
you also do something different because it's like you don't want them to get overtired. So I, mm. I just get myself so tied in knots. Yeah. That's why I just end up ignoring it, I think. Yeah, and I think that's the situation for most people. You know, it's the the mental side of, of actually trying to work out something so simple as changing the clocks by an hour. but And what that oh, does uh-huh. to baby or child's yeah. sleep. So you panic about something before it's happened when actually you don't need to. And I think if you break it down into really subtle changes, it becomes much more manageable for yourself. So don't think of it as an hour. If you're making changes, you're making small changes, which will get you back on track. But you've not changed everything by an hour. If you look at your routine and think I'm going to change it by an hour, of course you're going to panic. Yeah, totally. Sometimes you don't know how your child will cope with the clock change or you don't have the time to do anything beforehand and whoops, there it is. So your other option is to change your timings after the clock change. How, how would that look like, Sarah? So basically you would put your baby to bed at the same time on Saturday night. So just for argument's sake, we're going to say that baby is going to bed at seven o'clock on Saturday night. And then on the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you would then start to change things gradually. So you would still put baby to bed on the Sunday at what had been Saturday seven. Right. But four days later... It's now going to be the new seven o'clock. Okay. Or roughly. So that's, I suppose that's a wee bit of a middle ground because actually you can just sort of see how tired they are and you can maybe change it by five or ten minutes, you know, if Mm -hmm. if you think that they can cope. But again, you know, you might just decide that. That one really does lead into the next one because if you wait, if if on the Sunday they've woken up in a good time, and they've survived the day and they've be- yeah. all been quite happy, you might just jump forward. Yeah. So, or fall back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's one of those play it by ear, sort of have it in your toolkit if you need to use it, but you may not and be open-minded to not using it. I think sometimes people are most worried about the actual going to bed time. Mm-hmm. It's actually that it will, as you say, be night wakes or early waking or actually that will impact naps and feed yeah. times. I, you know, particularly if you've got a small baby, I think mm-hmm. you can get very worried about, you know, when those things happen. But really, you're just starting, you know, we talk a lot about bedtime routines, but also awake routines. And really, that start point of your day is the most important thing. And you're taking Definitely. all of your timings from then. Mm-hmm. And if it's an early wake, you deal with it as an early wake. But otherwise, and also, as we say, Six o'clock is kind of, if you're working on a seven mm-hmm. to seven sort of schedule, then six o'clock is, is still morning. Yeah. So, you exactly. know, if your child normally sleeps until seven, you mm-hmm. lucky bugger. But, you know, that suddenly becoming six won't make that much of an impact no. to the rest of the day. If you've got a very small baby, you can just add in some more naps, put them mm-hmm. in earlier. And if you've got a bigger baby, they can probably cope. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, if you actually think about your week or month overall, ignore the fact that there's a clock change. If you think about your week or month running up to it, you've probably had a morning already where they've woken up at six yes. o'clock. You've dealt with it, you've survived it, you've sucked a routine and you've moved on. Yeah. So this one isn't any different. I think it's what people get worried though that it's going to be five or four. Like if they normally wake at Absolutely. five, then it's suddenly going to be four. But mm-hmm. my but experience is that that actually makes it easier because it's very much still... Night time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think as well, that's important to point out is that it's how you address it and how you talk about it. You know, if you're talking about it as 
they woke up early because of the clock change, then of course you're going to see it more negatively. If you just refer to it as an early waking or a night waking and you deal with it in the way that we've taught you in previous podcasts, you'll get through it really quickly and easily. I'm just waiting for you to take a glug because normally you're quite a noisy drinker. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I think, is it a wee bit like leaps and regressions? We put a lot of pressure on ourselves thinking about these things and how much they're going to impact sleep. And actually the stress of those, the the stress and the worry of what it's going to do is uh, more than the actual thing. Definitely. There's a whole thing with clock change every year. Like, I mean, we we talk about it far too much on the run up to it because we want to support everyone, but we give it too much time and attention. It's a social media has has created a panic around clock change. You know, previously people sailed through it, they ignored it, they got on with it. Their clocks changed automatically, and everybody just got on with their day. Because it's talked about, because there's so much advice out there, and quite a lot of conflicting advice about how to deal with it. We've almost created a monster around clock change. So, yeah, in that sense, it is a little bit like leaps and regressions. And it doesn't really exist. The the thing that exists changes on your phone automatically. Yeah. The disruption to your routine isn't really a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it might be, you know, but often if it's really bad, you're in the throes of be, being in disrupted <laughs> routines anyway. Exactly. Uh, I think if you think about it, you would be able to relate it back to happening before the clock change had actually happened or something that was going to happen. You know, I, I get people who'll get in touch with me closer to the end of November and say, okay, in the last couple of weeks this has been happening, it must be because of the clock change. But no, it's a developmental thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's completely valid, though, that say you are dealing, particularly, I think, with early waking, that you, you you get worried as you get close to it because you are like, well, of course, that's going to be horrendous. Yeah. If I'm already getting up at five, I don't want to be getting up mm-hmm. at four. Definitely. But then that's something to address separately. Yes. Don't blame it on the All right. Team. Okay. <laughs> that's me told. <laughs> the other option, and my preferred option, because... essentially I'm a bit lazy, is to do absolutely nothing at all and kind of see what happens. Part of this is because I feel comfortable juggling timings as my day goes on, but also because my experience is that it is never as bad as you think it's going to be. And I think that's the thing, like I have built myself up about clock changes as you're talking about, and I think I probably did it before even social media was such a big beast. Because I I think when you're nervous around sleep or you're not getting enough sleep, Mm. you do get anxious about it. But then often the fallout hasn't been as bad. So, like, maybe there's nothing to say about this, but talk me through the do nothing approach. Yeah, I mean, it's, as you've just said, literally do nothing. So go to bed at normal time on Saturday night. Your clocks will have changed overnight. You'll wake up. Yes, it might be a little bit out, but you carry on with your day normally and then they go to bed at the same time that they would normally. Just, so it's like, just the new 6 or yeah. 7 o'clock. And same times for feeds exactly. or naps. You literally just carry on as normal. Now, I suppose in some ways there's maybe certain ages that that is easier to do. I know with my guys and you know with your guys that they're all of yeah. an age now where it's really not going to impact them at all. So you do just carry on. Well, my eleven month, nearly 11-month-old who is waking early, it might impact him, but... I will know what to do to deal with it. And that's not being smug about it. It's just that, like, you know, uh, if he does wake up, as I've said, if he does wake up early doors, 
um, really early doors, treat it as a night wake. Mm-hmm. If he, w- I mean, to be honest, he woke at five this morning, and so I've been kind of managing that the early weekend, the yeah. early waking anyway. So if he woke at that kind of time, well, that's as you say, I've dealt with that today, mm-hmm. and because he is out of the awake window phase. He could cope to get through to his nap time. I gave him some, mm-hmm. I gave, he sort of had a, well, he had milk and he had a kind of double breakfast and then he yeah. went down for his nap at his normal time. And we'll see what the rest of the day brings. But mm-hmm. as you say, that's just a normal just day. just a normal day. Exactly. And I think that's so important to remember that everything that you'll deal with on Sunday or the days after Sunday, you will have already dealt with at some point in their lives. I think, in all honesty, the age that, the early waking from a clock change can really affect is more around about the 18-month mark um, because people might not have dealt with something like an early waking or a night waking for a long time. So it's a bit more of a shock to their system. Yeah, that's But again, it is just a case of treating it as a one-off and not over-escalating it in your head. Yeah, totally. And so if you do end up finding that you kind of have a few days of that with an 18-month-old, how would you manage that? So you would just gradually then be adjusting the routine so if you've had a really early wake up on Sunday that's when you want to just slowly use your next week to kind of adjust things by five ten minutes to avoid overtiredness because if you let an hour um, you're gonna you know if they've got up early and then you're trying to push them to go to bed later that's when you're gonna end up with a super overtired person so you just want to do it gradually at that point. Presumably as well, you know, you might have a child, maybe not at 18 months, but you might have a child that's dropped their nap. So you don't mm-hmm. have, so you you might either want to have a wee nap on that day or, as you say, just bring bedtime a bit earlier mm-hmm. and actually don't worry about early waking in those circumstances because, you know, you will it will gradually it'll, adjust exactly. over the following days. Mm-hmm. It will. It'll catch up to itself. Um, but yeah, you could include like a little 15, 20 minute max power nap as long as it's before three o'clock on the Sunday. Yeah, if they've dropped a nap, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, that can actually sometimes be harder to encourage. It depends on your, you yeah. know, if, you, if you're if you out of the napping phase, that can be mm-hmm. a hard thing to do anyway. But I guess Unless you could Emily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just take them for a drive or... <laughs> Something like that, whatever. Exactly, whatever you need to do, you can do. But even just quiet time, you know, a child who's maybe previously just dropped the nap and dropped being in in a buggy, pop them back in the buggy and take them for a walk. And that means that they're having quiet time. It's a bit more chilled than them using up all their energy. So there's things that you can do. And I guess also, you know, just thinking about what your Sunday looks like, rather than worrying about timings, maybe just try and have a bit of a chilled day you know, and some of the practical things will come on to uh, getting out and about and yep. stuff. You know, just think about what that day looks like mm-hmm. for you as a family or for you and your Definitely. child mm-hmm. um, and be mindful that they might be more tired and you might be more tired and a bit ratty yeah. as well. Uh, absolutely. I think um, quite often it's us as parents that can be guilty of being affected by the change more than the children. <laughs> As I mentioned, I feel okay flying by the seat of my pants when it comes to the clock change, but that doesn't mean I don't factor it in at all, as we've just been talking about in terms of thinking about your day, because I absolutely do do that. Sarah, what are your top tips for dealing with how things go down, or perhaps if they don't go down to bed, in the days after the clock change? So again, like we've just been saying, you know, treat it as you would have prior to the clock change, you know. Go back to the techniques that you've got in your toolkit, any settling techniques that you've previously used, new ones that you might be introducing at the moment. 
But the biggest thing here is stay calm. Like, don't create the, a monster in your head where you think, okay, this has happened today, so this is now going to be it for months yeah. and months. You know, treat, as we've said so many times, and we say it in the book so many times, treat every day as an individual. You know, today, it could go tits up, you'll get back on track tomorrow. So yeah. don't panic. That is the biggest thing. And obviously, you know, there are things that you can use if you're fine. You know, you've got that 30-minute the sleep mum's buffer, the 30 minute buffer, if you're following our routines, which essentially just gives you cushioning yep. half an hour approximately either side mm-hmm. of the time you normally do things. We would say don't bump all of your timings because this bit, if you're then dealing with lots of things, that's going to be a bit confusing. Exactly. I mean, generally what you find is if you use the 30 minute buffer once in your day, you naturally then get back on track. Yep. So yeah, try if you've used it for your wake up time, Try not to use it again throughout the day. But if you have to shift everything, you have to yeah. shift everything and you will get back on track the next day. Yeah. And you can obviously use food or milk feeds if you find that you've got a particularly grumpy or grouchy baby because of it, you know, just... Yeah, definitely. Like, introducing extra snacks just to keep them going, give them that wee energy boost. Absolutely, that works. And also, I think, giving yourself a few days, like I spoke about, thinking what you do on Sunday but just for the few days after just be really consistent with your timings where you can and try not to be doing anything that's too out of the ordinary for a few days because I think that can really help you as well sort of settle into to a new change as we would say whenever you're making Mm -hmm. a kind of routine change or baby or child is developmentally Mm -hmm. uh, you know changing what their needs are definitely I mean and again coming back to the holiday if you've been away you generally do have some quiet days when you come home so think about it like that you know I don't think I ever have a quiet day really though (laughs) (laughs) you definitely don't (laughs) these practical tips are useful anytime things go tits up as we've said whether you go or come back from holiday and of course if you're dealing with a clock change I think the most useful are use daylight and darkness, the darkness for melatonin, use snacks and food to help with overtiredness and early wakes, thinking about your environment and keeping it even and being consistent with the new timings. So uh, anything else I think? So I think there are the main ones, like the um, keeping your sleep environment consistent is so key. You know, it doesn't matter what time it is, whether you've adjusted things, whether you're just sticking to your existing routine and made no changes at all keep your sleep environment the same so do everything that you would normally do and make sure that you're extending that in the morning so if you have a nightlight that automatically comes on which we refer to as the magic lamp if you've got something like that in place just make sure that you have adjusted it so that it's not coming on an hour early and making the room look like blackpool or maybe don't use it for the few days around exactly just keep things dark exactly keep it as dark as possible Keep your um, heat as consistent as you can. See, I think that's quite often a key thing around the winter clock change time as well because people's heating, it's around the time people start putting their heating on and that can either be because baby is getting too cold before Mm -hmm. it comes on or it's coming on, they're getting too hot or simply it's just changing their environment. So it might might feel like a wee thing, but it's worth Mm -hmm. keeping an eye on you know oh, what time wakings definitely. are happening and what time your the, heating the comes heating on. thing is a massive thing for sure it does you know a lot of the kind of one two o'clock in the morning wake ups 
are down to the drop in the temperature of the environment. So keeping it consistent is really, really important and making sure it stays consistent throughout that hour's time difference. And like we were saying, the food, the snacks, the meals, extending meal times, you know, just giving them an extra course, just extend it slightly or introducing extra snacks throughout the day and having a supper after bath time can really help. They're really good for early waking. So like all of these things essentially Mm -hmm. cover whenever you exactly. have bumps, other kinds of bumps, which I think mm-hmm. is why, you know, it's important not to make too big of a deal about this specific thing. thing. Although this podcast is all about it, <laughs> so maybe we are. <laughs> Clock changes often give parents the fear. You feel like you have everything in a delicate balance, you're getting some sleep, they nap and then the time bandits come along and it can feel like the clock change is going to mess everything up. We hope that our biggest takeaway from this podcast is don't worry, you have the skills to make sure that it doesn't. And if you are feeling a bit lost, listen to some of our other podcasts that can help you through whether that's early waking or settling or any of the ones that we've got on routine really you know that's the key thing like keeping your bedtime routine and your awake routine the same so pretty much any podcast really you can listen to listen to them all they're amazing (laughs) but our key takeaway is don't worry Mm -hmm. you've got this as ever look after yourselves and sleep soon